The last thing we were discussing was two contracts that we're talking about the same property, the same asset, the same land, the same inheritance. Who gets it? What would be the halakha? Yachloku, And with that, we are starting three lines in by the Mishnah. Person is married to two women. When he sold his land that was leaned to their ketubah. And the first one wrote, she wrote it to a buyer. So man is coming to buy that land that was leaned to her ketubah. And the first one wrote that she has no claim against him. So what happens? The second one didn't write anything. So if a buyer buys that land, leaned to the ketubah, the second woman can now take that land out. And now, the first one can take it out of the second one's hands. And then the buyer takes it out of the, the first one's hands. And we go again and again in a cycle. Until they figure out a compromise. And same story with a creditor. And same story with the woman who is a creditor. And the Gemara will explain the whole creditor situation. So the Gemara starts. Okay, let's say she did write to, to the buyer. I, I have no claim against you when you buy this land. Who cares? Why can't you take it out of his hands? person told his friend. I have no claim on this land. I have no business with it. My hand is removed from it. He didn't say anything. Same thing over here. When the woman said, I have no claim against you, she didn't say anything. My answer is, no. What are we dealing with? When they made a kinyan. Okay, let's say they did a kinyan. Who cares? What's the big deal? She could just say, I was trying to be nice to my husband. My husband would have been angry if I didn't write this. That's why I wrote it, but I never really meant it. Didn't we have a writer that says, If a person bought a land from a man, it was linked to his wife's ketubah, and then even though he re-bought it from the woman, it doesn't count. Why? Because because we understand that she could say, I only sold it so I could be nice to my husband so he won't get upset at me. So now, from Amish now, we see that she could write to the buyer, I have no connection to this land. Over here, we have a Brayta that says, you can't uh, write that, because she could make a claim that uh, I was trying to be nice to my husband. So which one is it? So answer number one, Amar Bizera, Amar Hasta, Lakasha. No, it is not a problem. Our Mishnah that says she cannot uh, make a claim that I was trying to be nice to my husband, that's Rabbi Meir. And the Mishnah that says that she could make a claim that I was trying to be nice to my husband, that's Rabbi Yehuda. Detanya, we have a Brayta, it says, Katav Larishon, Let's say the husband wrote to the first buyer that he's selling is selling his land to him, and she did not okay it. She didn't write that she has no deen on this field. But then he sold it to a second person, and over there she did write it that uh, she's okay with it. According to Bimir, she lost her ketubah because last time you had the guts to say no. You had the guts not to sign it for the first buyer. and So I joined on the second buyer. Obviously, you really were okay with it. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, 
she could still yichola he should she could still make a claim. I was trying to be nice to my husband. What do you have on me? Listen, uh, I never really meant it. The guy was pushing me, pushing me, and that's why I signed it. So again, you could explain our Mishnah is according to be Meir, and the Mishnah that says that she could make a claim that uh, she was being forced into it is Rabbi Yehuda. So now the problem is with that answer that uh, Rabbi Zera said in the name of the Hasdat Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. And one place, Rabbi says, and the other place, like Rabbi Yudah. How does that make sense? So, answer number two, Papa. Now, we're talking about We're talking about a woman who wrote this to a person that she has no claim on this land. And now it's according to everyone, even according to Rabbi Yudah. That's it. She wrote it. She wrote it. That's what our Mishnah is talking about. And, and the Braita that says, you know, that, that, that's according to Rabbi Yudah also. And they were talking about an actual married woman. Now, answer number three, Rav Asher Amar, Kula Rabbi Meir. No, the entire thing is Rabbi Meir. And the only reason, according to Rabbi Meir, that she lost it because she cannot make a claim that she was trying to be nice to her husband, that's when there was the first uh, buyer and she said no to it and the second buyer she said yes to it because they could tell her you're trying to be nice to your husband if that's on that that's your claim you should have done that with the first buyer uh, why didn't you do it with the first buyer obviously you didn't you didn't want to sell it to the first buyer and you were really okay with the second buyer like an Amish now when there's only one buyer I feel be more even the Bimir would agree. And you could say, Our Mishnah, we're talking about a situation where he wrote it to someone else. Meaning, like we're explaining, he wrote it to someone else, she said no, then she wrote it to someone. Uh, she, he wrote it to a second buyer, and this time she said yes, and she lost that uh, uh, that complaint that I was trying to be nice to my husband. Next, Nanata, we learned over there, any fraim in Chasim Mimkom Ziburit. We do not t- extract payment from leaned property, meaning that this uh, land was leaned to this property, but it was sold. You cannot take uh, payment from that property. If there's land that's free, meaning it wasn't sold, it's still by the, the, the borrower, then you could take it. Now, even if it's a lower level land, still, you have to take that over the land that was sold. So, the question is as follows. If the the land that's still by the buyer, if it got ruined, let's say there was a hurricane, it killed it. Can I, can I now go back to the land that was leaned and go take it or not? Tashema. So here's a, we're trying to bring a proof from Breta. Katav la rishon vilohat malo. If he, if the husband wrote to, to sell the land to the first the buyer and she didn't sign that she's okay with it, lasheni, but the second buyer vilohat malo and she signed it. Ibda ketubata divrei bimir. Bimir says she lost her ketuba. Now, veisal kadatach ishtatuv benehare tarif mishabede. Now, if you hold that if the the free land got ruined, she could go back and extract payment from the sold land. Nehide ibda ketubata misheni. Well, if she lost her ketuba from the second person, merishon mihatigbe. Let her go get it from the first person. Now, the fact that we didn't write that, you understand that if uh, the, the land that was leaned was sold and there was free land, and the, the free land got uh, ruined, you cannot go back to the first land. Amar ibn Ahmad by Yitzhak, no. Maybe my Ibda, what does Ibda mean? Ibda Mishini, she loses it from the second person, but she could really go back to the first person and take the lean land, even though it was sold. Amar Abba, 
what I have two problems with what you just said. Number one, Hada, the Ibda When it says the word Ibda, you lost it, it sounds like completely lost it. Okay, you know, let's say we accept what you said, that uh, she lost it from the second person, but she goes back to the first person. Tanya, we have a Braita. Lava The person borrowed money from one person, and then he sold his fields to two people. And the creditor wrote to the second buyer, I have no claim against you. He doesn't have anything on the first buyer either. Because the first buyer could tell the creditor, I left you a place, the second land, to go get from it. You're the one who removed yourself from the second land. I don't have to give you anything. And the Rabbah explains, and Hatam only over there, over there, he lost out on because of himself. He's the one who wrote it uh, down that he has no claim on the land. This has nothing to do with a stama case where he, they left the land that was free by the by the borrower and it got ruined. So we have stories every single day that we repossess land that was sold when the other land got ruined. There was a man, he borrowed money, put up a collateral, an orchard for 10 years. We're going to use the word vineyard, just makes life easier. And after five years, this vineyard stopped bearing fruit. He came in front of the rabbis. And they gave him a piece of paper. They wrote him up a piece of paper that he's allowed to go repossess uh, uh, land that was sold to other people. And same idea. The idea is that we're letting people repossess land that was sold when the other land, when the free land was uh, was ruined. So Rav Asher answers him, you can't bring a proof from that story. Over there also, the people buying other lands from this uh, borrower... They, the ones who made themselves lose out. Why? Since they know that he gave a land to, uh, he gave a vineyard to a person as a as a collateral, and they know that vineyards usually get old, and there's a chance that they might not have fruits, and he, this uh, this uh, creditor might come to them and take their land out. They should have known this. They should have done their due diligence, their research, when buying a land from this person. What, what does he have on him? What he doesn't have on him? What can possibly happen? They should have taken the, the, the right measures to make sure it doesn't happen to them. But in a regular case, maybe uh, you could tell listen, I left you a free land, and that's it. A free land, free land. Even though it got ruined, I don't have to give you anything. If the free land got ruined, then yes, they go back to the land that was sold that was originally leaned to the contract, and they and they repossess, and they repossess it. And I'm If a person told a single woman, my assets should go to you, and then after you, when you pass away. It should go to another person. We'll call him Reuven. And then she got married. Her husband becomes a buyer. And the land now officially goes to him. It belongs to them as a couple. And this Reuven person who's supposed to get land, he has nothing to, to this husband. Meaning the husband keeps the land and that's it. Keman. Who's Abayi holding like? Like the following Tana. Over here it's going to be Rabban Shemul Mingam Liel. The Tanya. 
a person told his friend, My assets should go to you, and then afterwards it's going to go to someone else. So now the first person comes in, and he sells it to someone else. The second person can take it out of the buyer's hands after the uh, the first person passed away. That's the very the second person could only get what the first person left over meaning whatever was sold he cannot uh, extract from them he, they, they, whatever they got they got and that's uh, you have to say Abaye is like same idea the Gemara says, "Yeah, but Umi Amar Abaye Hachi did Abaye really say that uh, when he said La Haraych and she got married, or he the person sold it, the other he can't take it out, meaning the second person gets nothing? Did he really say that? But Amar Abaye, but Abaye said, 'Ezehu Rasharum. What's a tricky, a trickster Rasha?' It's a person who gives advice to a person to sell land to someone else in that story, like Rabban Shimon Ben Gamliel." Where the person said it's going to go to you, and after your death, it's going to go to someone else. And if that person sells it, it'll go to that totally different person. And the the person who was was supposed to get it doesn't get it. So you see, Abayah is calling uh, this person a rasha. Whoever holds like Rabban Shimon Gamliel, and you tell me how that Abayah holds like Rabban Shimon Gamliel. So the Gemara explains. Mika Amar Tinase. Did Abayah say that she should get married? He said Nisad Kamatz only if she got married. I'm not giving that advice because that's a rasha. That's that just, it's not nice to do such a thing. Over here, and he said, come on, we just, it was a bidiavat situation where they already got married. And then, okay, the husband's considered like a buyer. And uh, if, since the halakhat and days like Rabban Shemun bin Gamliel, then it is what it is. But I wouldn't give the advice to do such a thing. Here's another statement by Abaye, the Amar Abaye. A person told a woman, My assets should go to you, and afterwards it's going to go to a third person, we'll call him Reuven. And she sold the land, and she died. Her husband, remember, he he's in charge of his wife's assets, he could take out from whoever bought that land. And that third person will call him Reuven. He had to come and take that land or whatever it is out from the the, the husband's ends, and then then the buyer now comes and he goes to the husband's ends and he takes it out of his ends because now it's all to him. And now we leave everything in the hands of the buyer. So now the gemara says, okay, over here we're leaving it by the lokeach's ends, but why over here we're leaving it by the lokeach's ends, the buyer's ends? Why is it different than our Mishnah where it says that they go around in circles? And remember in our Mishnah it said that they go around in circles, this one takes from this one, that one takes from that one, uh, until they do some sort of compromise. Why don't over here we have to do a compromise? So the Gemara explains, in our Mishnah, a person had two wives, each one he had, he had to give a ketubah, and he went and he sold the land that was linked to their ketubah. For everyone, there's a loss over here. This person paid for the land, they want their ketubah, and therefore, okay, then it makes sense to have a compromise. However, hacha over here, the only person who has what to lose is the, the buyer, and okay, so therefore in a situation like this, we're going to leave it by the buyer. So, Azal Rafram Amar Lishmata Kamed Ravashe. So Rafram went and he said this whole thing of Abaye, and he said it in front of, in front of Ravashe. And he asked him a question, did Abaye really say this? Didn't Abaye say, 
that if I, you, he, a man tells a woman, uh, here's my assets, but afterwards, after you die, it's going to go to someone else. Amdav, and he said, and she got married. Her husband is considered like a buyer, and it stays by him. And that the random person can't just come in and uh, and uh, come in and uh, take the land anymore. The husband is like a buyer. So on one hand, you tell me Ruven can't take the land. On the other hand, you tell me he could take the land. So what's the difference? See, Amar Leh knows, so Ravash explained to him, Hatam over there, when Abayir said that the that the, this Aharaich person, the Aharaicha person, uh, he cannot take it out. That's the Amar Lakshi, that's when the person originally giving her the gift is when she was single. Hacha over here, the Amar Lakeshehi Nesua, when he gave it to her when she's married, and everybody knows that whatever a woman gets belongs to her husband. My Kamala, what was he really trying to tell her? He was trying to tell her that the other person is going to be able to buy it and not the husband. And therefore, when the husband came and took it out of the third person or the buyer's hands, then the, that person, Reuven, cannot come take it out of her husband because he, he was told that he cannot be Kone. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, the same idea with a creditor. And the Gemara explains, Tana. Same idea with a creditor and two buyers, meaning, let's say Shimon uh, owes Reuven money. And let's say he owes him 100 zoos. And uh, Shimon has two lands, each one's worth 50 zoos, and he sold it to person one and person two. Reuven, who is the creditor, wrote to, let's say, person number two, buyer number two, I have no deen, I have no claim on your land. So now, the Reuven can't go to person number two, but he could go get the land from person number one. Person number one can't tell him, oh, I left you a spot with person number two. Now, the problem is person number one now takes the land out from person number two because the land is leaned to his sale. And and then person number, again, the creditor, again, takes the land out from person number one. But then buyer number two takes it away from the creditor. And the same idea now it starts going uh, again in circles. Uh, the person, uh, the creditor takes from person number one, uh, person number two takes from the creditor, and uh, person number one, uh, buyer number one takes from person number two. So it goes around in a circle and a circle and a circle until they figure out a compromise. And same story when a woman owes money and there's two buyers. We're talking about a case where a husband sold two fields that are leaned to his wife's ketubah, to two different people, and each one doesn't have enough for a ketubah. And she wrote to person number two, I have no connection to you. So the woman takes out from the first buyer, and uh, the, the the first buyer takes out from the second guy, and the woman takes out from the, the first guy, and guy number two takes from the woman, and again, it goes in a circle until they get the compromise. Hadana Allah Mishayana Suya now we're starting the eleventh perek of Masechet Ketubot. And the Mishnah starts Almanani Zonat Minichseyetomim. Almana gets her food from the assets of the Yetomim. We already explained this is one of the conditions of a ketubah that a husband has to continue feeding his wife even after he passes away. And because of that, whatever she makes, whatever she earns, goes to the yatomim. They're not obligated to pay for her burial. Burial is only if someone is Yoresher. They're not Yoresher, they're Yoresh, uh, their father. Yoresheh, Yoresheh Ketubata, Hayavim Ketubata. 
her Yorshim, her inheritors, those who inherit her Ketuba money, they have to bury her. And we'll stop right here. We'll start with the Gemara tomorrow. Baruch Hashem Amen.